This is the voice of Ring of Honor Wrestling, Ian Riccoboni, and you're listening to Hitting the Mark. Happy wrestling, everybody. It is Friday, December 28th, 2018, and you are tuned into Season 2, Episode 51 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com. Presented by Hami Media. And of course, now in association with Last Word on ProWrestling.com. On this week's show, we're talking sand events, women's tag titles, TakeOver Phoenix, Wrestle Kingdom, and much, much more. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, twitch.tv backslash Hitting the Marks when it decides to work, and of course, you can always email us at Hitting the Marks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I will be your host for the day, but give it up for my tag team partner. My computer. Huckleberry number one is not with us today. He is currently dealing with some computer issues a little bit later on in the show. We are going to have Huckleberry number two, 8-Track Brown, as well as 8-Track Black. Michael Davis is going to join me for our Wrestle Kingdom preview this year. But ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to start with this. We've got a little bit of a news run here. Let's start things off with uh, what happened this week inside of the WWE. Of course, we're talking about Santa Vince McMahon. Yes, Santa Vince. Santa Vince bestowing all of his great gifts upon all of us, the WWE universe. And Vince McMahon is starting with women's tag titles. It's officially happening, ladies and gentlemen. Sasha and Bailey are getting out of the gutter. We're going to elevate the women. And we are bringing in women's tag titles. Of course, we don't know when. We don't know how. We don't know who. And we don't know where, but it's coming inside of 2019. I mean, I guess we're okay with this. We've been talking about this on the show now for literally months. And this is the only thing that is going to supply any kind of a Sasha Banks and Bailey payoff to this absolute train wreck that has been Sasha and Bailey inside of 2018. But what else do we have inside of the WWE women's tag team division? Is this going to go across all brands? Are we going to have different tag titles for all of the four individual brands, whether it be NXT, whether it be NXT UK, Raw, SmackDown? Are they going to be defended across all platforms? We don't know. I'm assuming that the payoff for this is going to be WrestleMania. That's the only thing that really seems to make any kind of logical sense. I mean, obviously, we're going to try to get Bailey on the card. We're going to try to get Sasha on the card because I really think at inside of WrestleMania, that's when we're really going to start seeing the build to horsewomen versus horsewomen. Vince McMahon also announces to us, or I should say Santa Vince, John Cena. The return of John Cena is eminent, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, he returned last night at Madison Square Garden as we're recording this on Thursday, December 27th. Is John Cena really the answer? Is anybody excited to see John Cena back? I don't think anybody has really even missed John Cena. 
I think Vince McMahon thinks this is going to push ratings, and I just don't think that is going to be the case, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see John Cena on next week's episode of Monday Night Raw. It also seems that he's going to be returning to SmackDown. As we know, John Cena is a free agent. He can appear on whatever the hell show that he really wants to. The question is, where does John Cena fit in? What is the John Cena WrestleMania match? Should we be looking at John Cena as a potential winner of the Royal Rumble? Could John Cena go on to challenge Brock Lesnar? Could we see a rematch of SummerSlam a couple of years ago? And this is how John Cena wins his 17th WWE Championship. God, let's hope not, because John Cena has absolutely no business breaking that record. As if it even really is a record. Uh, what else did uh, Cena Vince have to announce to us? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a cage match next Monday on Raw. Yes, this is going to be a taped event. I believe they are taping Saturday, and then the episode will air on Monday. It's going to be Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre. Why is this interesting, ladies and gentlemen? Well, we're hearing that Dolph Ziggler may be having some issues inside of the company. It seems as though one Mr. Dolph Ziggler's contract is up directly here at the end of the year. This could be the match that we see send Dolph Ziggler away. Are, are, are you excited to see Dolph Ziggler go away? Hit me on Twitter, at NotJargo. Let me know. I think Ziggler's had a really, really good 2018. Of course, it was about a year ago that we heard that he signed this ridiculous contract extension and none of us knew what in the hell it was going to mean. I'd say that he's earned his money. He got Drew McIntyre over. Drew McIntyre is now the biggest badass on Monday Night Raw. But it seems as though Dolph's contract ends here at the end of the year. It wouldn't surprise me to see them extend him for maybe about six weeks or so. And maybe we get like a guest appearance at the Rumble because God knows they're going to need bodies for the Royal Rumble this year. As far as Drew goes, this is going to be a big win for Drew. Drew has already threw his name into the hat for uh, the Royal Rumble. Of course, this issue with Finn Balor still just will not seem to go away. And I don't understand why this is doing absolutely nothing for Finn. It's doing absolutely nothing for Drew. So much for those fresh and new matchups, huh? But it's always exciting when you get to see a cage match on Monday Night Raw. It should be a good time. Let's talk about AJ Styles, the bad father that is. AJ Styles. This week he attacked another bad father. That's right, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon himself. Santa Vince. AJ Styles beat the crap out of him. And it was fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, at the end of SmackDown Live this week, we actually get something that we don't see very often. Shout out to Jersey Mike, because I know that he's going to love this. We actually got a cliffhanger for SmackDown this week, with Vince McMahon getting in AJ Styles' face, poking him in the chest, saying that he wanted to see a more aggressive version of AJ Styles. Well, we saw the much more aggressive version of AJ Styles, as AJ Styles punches Vince McMahon in the face and then does his... Thing, which was incredibly stupid. Cameraman comes over. Officials come over to check on Vince, and Vince has a smile on his face. Yes, Vince has gotten exactly what he wants out of AJ Styles. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you right here, and I'm going to tell you right now. Snap with this. Was this an AJ Styles heel turn? There's absolutely no way. This was a heel turn for AJ Styles. Number one, let's look at the, at the babyface depth on SmackDown Live right now. You have... AJ Styles, obviously, as your number one babyface. And then you have... Yeah, exactly. Who the hell else is a babyface on SmackDown? You get down to guys like Jeff Hardy level, which, don't get me wrong, I like Jeff Hardy, but he's not a, he's not the face of the brand. 
Um, let's see who else is on SmackDown Live. Jeez, I should have pulled up the SmackDown roster because I can't even think of anybody right now. Um, at that point, you're getting down to what? Our Truth? Maybe our truth is going to challenge for the WWE Championship. We heard him say that Tuesday on SmackDown after he wins the Royal Rumble, entering at number 30 after winning the Mixed Match Challenge. This is not a heel turn. There's no way this is. Since when is beating up Vince McMahon a heel turn? When's the last time Vince McMahon was a babyface? It's just absolutely ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. Stop. Stop. Do we need to remind you that Vince McMahon hit AJ Styles first? This isn't even that hard to figure out. There's no way that this was a heel turn for Vincent Kennedy McMahon or AJ Styles. This is they're, they're building some kind of a program here. What it's going to be, I have absolutely no idea because I don't know where AJ Styles goes from here. It seems as though Daniel Bryan is moving into a feud with Mustafa Ali. Why are we elevating Mustafa Ali, by the way? Um, I like what Andrew Bello had to say Wednesday on the locker room over at hackerhameen.podbean.com. That's right. Maybe we're going to try to push Mustafa Ali as, you know, a good Muslim American. And that's their counter to taking more dirty Saudi blood money. That's exactly what I think is going on here, ladies and gentlemen, except there's a little bit of a problem. A little bit of a problem. Mustafa Ali is not from Saudi Arabia. His family is not from Saudi Arabia. He's from Pakistan. Pakistan. However the hell you want to say it. Actually, he's from Chicago. Okay? Yeah, he may be a Muslim American, but this is not going to work with the whole Saudi Arabia thing. Uh, we are hearing reports now. Not one, but two shows in the kingdom of of Saudi Arabia next year. Oh, yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Your favorite WWE event. That's right, WWE Blood Money coming soon to WWE Network for 2019. Another big thing that we're hearing about going into 2019 is going to be all elite wrestling of course here in just a little bit i'm going to talk with eight track brown i'm going to talk with eight track black eight track green eight track 311 whatever the hell you want to call me it's going to be the eight track core taking over hitting the marks this weekend and we are going to talk some new japan pro wrestling and wrestle kingdom and by association all elite wrestling now ladies and gentlemen i thought this was interesting because i was listening to the ross report you know jim ross former voice of the WWE, the biggest voice in the history of professional wrestling. Jim Ross says that he is not done calling matches on Access TV. Well, why is that interesting, ladies and gentlemen? Because his deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling is concluded. He is no longer calling matches for New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access TV, which makes you wonder exactly what matches is Jim Ross going to be calling on Access TV in 2019? Is he going to enjoy the women of wow? I, I I don't think so. So we also hear this rumor of Tuesday Night Dynamite. Of course, we know SmackDown Live is going to be leaving Tuesday nights. Maybe Tuesday Night Dynamite is coming to Access TV on good old JR's good friend Mark Cuban's network, Access TV. We've heard that Jim Ross is going to be attached to AEW in one way, shape, or form. Was this a hint? Is Tuesday Night Dynamite coming in March? We'll know a whole lot more here in just a couple of weeks, ladies and gentlemen. As the Young Bucks tweeted out earlier today, 
10 a.m. Central Standard Time. That's for you, Huckleberry. You're not here, so we're not functioning on Eastern Time today. Central Standard Time, 10 a.m., January 1st. That's when the clock down hits zero on Matt Jackson's phone. It's going to be interesting to see just exactly what happens. A couple more stories here for you before we throw it over to 8-Track Brown and 8-Track Black. Let's talk about... Exactly. We're not going to talk about Road Warrior Hawk, but let's talk a little bit about Road Warrior Animal. As Road Warrior Animal has gotten his mouth open uh, over the course of this week, of course, on the Oh, What a Rush podcast, Road Warrior Animal taking a shot at the man, Becky Lynch. That's right. The biggest face inside of the WWE right now. And Road Warrior Animal has this to say about women's wrestling. There is a problem in the wrestling business. Yes, the women's movement is growing, but when the women are the main event and they have the best matches on your card, there's an issue. Well, you know, I I, I tend to agree with Road Warrior Animal here. I think there is an issue when the women are having the best matches on the card, and the issue is not the women. The issue is the producers in the back. The issue is the storytelling that is going into these matches, the build going into these matches, sometimes the non-existent build going into these matches. The women athletically are not the problem in any way, shape, or form. And if that's what Road Warrior Animal is thinking, he's obviously delusional because they are clearly the best thing inside of the WWE right now. I'm not saying that as a slight towards the men, though. I view that much more as a slight towards the creative process. Road Warrior Animal continues to say, regarding Becky Lynch, I would let her back off of the man thing and just let her be a pure white meat babyface that doesn't quit. Those are the kind of babyfaces that work. When you come out there with the attitude and strutting your stuff like she's some kind of tough guy, come on. Jesus Lord. Anybody that's ever been in a fight can see right through it. And I'm just being realistic because that's what works in the business. You've got to think shoot and work the shoot, and right now, they're not taking advantage of their stars. Who are stars? There are no fucking stars! That's the point. Vince doesn't want to make stars anymore. He hasn't wanted to make stars since The Rock left his ass and ditched him to go to Hollywood. That's what started the whole John Cena movement. That's what started the 50-50 booking, and that's when we stopped creating stars. Becky Lynch has gotten over in spite of the booking, not because of the booking. We chose Becky Lynch. We, the fans, chose Becky Lynch because of your terrible booking. It's up to you to book people to be stars. And let me tell you what's not going to do it. Drew McIntyre going out there and working a 50-50 cage match with Dolph Ziggler, who's been defined down on the roster for years absolutely just ridiculous comments from road warrior animal and then he hit a subject ladies and gentlemen that's right he hit a subject that was very very sour for me you've got a guy that's 185 pounds soaking wet Nothing against Tyler Breeze. He's funny with Fandango. He's a job guy in the wrestling business. That's all he's done is get beat and put people over. You're going to put him against someone that's fighting for a championship belt? How much sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And fans see through this. Well, Road Warrior Animal, I take umbrage with that. 
Tyler Breeze is not a job guy. You know who is a job guy, Road Warrior Animal? You. You, my friend, are a job guy. Let's take a look at Tyler Breeze, because as you all know that I'm a statistics person, this year, this year, in fiscal year 2018, Tyler Breeze has had 15 singles matches on WWE TV this year, and he has six wins. So yeah, he's he's not quite at 50%, but you know, he's getting there. I mean, he is a young guy in the business, you know, heaven forbid that young guys lose, and then over the course of their career, they figure it out, and they start to win a little bit more. He's had incredible matches against the likes of Jushin Thunder Liger, who wanted to work with... Tyler Breeze. He had an incredible match just a couple of weeks ago with Ricochet. He's challenged for the NXT Championship. Remember when him and Fandango were super, super hot and they challenged for the SmackDown Live Championships when the Fashion Files was the best part of WWE TV earlier this year? Yeah, Tyler Breeze, not a job guy. You know what he is? He's a tag team wrestler inside of the WWE. And you could call every single one of them job guys, including... That's right, Road Warrior Animal. Tyler Breeze, this year, 15 matches, 6 wins. Road Warrior Animal, in your entire WWE career, you had 9 singles matches. 9! In your entire fucking career! And you only won 3 of them. Here are the 3 men that Road Warrior Animal has defeated in singles matches on WWE TV. He's defeated Heath Slater. Paul Burchill, and Paul Roma. What an impressive resume, Road Warrior Animal. Holy shit, we should throw you in the main event. We should give you the Universal fucking Championship. Get the fuck out of here. Tyler Breeze is a fucking jobber. You're a goddamn jobber. You are one half of, quite possibly, the greatest tag teams in the history of professional wrestling. But you know what? As a singles wrestler, you, sir, were a fucking jobber. This is the Messiah of Pain, Punishment Martinez. You're listening to The Locker Room with Dargo and RDV. So let's talk about something a little bit closer and warmer to my heart. That's right, NXT. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, I typically would cover NXT on a show called This is NXT over at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks. We're having a little bit of issues with our, our software developer and, and, and getting our Twitch stream up and running. But I did want to talk a little bit about NXT TV this week because the champ, Tommy Entertainment, Tommy Entertainment had some words to say. Let's throw it over to a couple of minutes here from the champ. I am a man of my word. When I make a promise, I deliver on said promise, yet sometimes, sometimes I feel like a broken record. Sometimes I feel like I'm just a man sitting alone in a room talking to a wall. But last week, last week was my vindication. Last week proved that somebody is listening. Somebody has been listening this entire time. Johnny Gargano listens. Johnny Gargano followed my lead and look at what it led to. Johnny Gargano pinned in the middle of a ring. The man who has an opportunity 
the NXT title and take over Phoenix, where does that leave Johnny Gargano? I mean, he can't, he can't have an opportunity at my title, that, that's already taken, but if you ask the champ, Johnny should get an opportunity. Maybe at a, at a different title. Maybe Johnny should have an opportunity at the North American title. Think about it. Johnny, I know you're listening. Think about it. This is everything we've always talked about. Two kids coming into NXT without contracts. Every hotel room, every car ride, touring the entire world. We talked about the day that DIY took over NXT. This is our takeover, Johnny. Think about it. Takeover Phoenix ends. Tommaso Ciampa, the NXT champion. Johnny Gargano, the NXT North American champion. Two kids taking over the world. Johnny, the possibilities are endless. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I love this. Not only are we going to get Tommaso Ciampa versus Aleister Black at TakeOver Phoenix, it sure seems as though we are going to get Johnny Gargano versus Ricochet at TakeOver Phoenix for the North American Championship. Is it possible that heel DIY walks out with both the NXT Championship and the NXT North American Championship? And how freaking genius is Tommy Entertainment? That's right. We're taking out not one, but two contenders here as we're going to have Johnny Gargano. He can't challenge for my title. I already have a match with Aleister Black. So, you know, Johnny, why don't you, you go over there and do this? Oh, oh, and Ricochet, he's a little bit of a threat to my title. So, Johnny, why don't you go take care of my lightweight? This is traditional, vintage Tommaso Ciampa. Absolutely manipulating everybody inside of the situation. But you know who's getting worked here, ladies and gentlemen? Who's getting worked is the champ. That's right. Johnny Gargano is in the champ's head. What do you mean, Jargo? Ciampa's getting Gargano championship matches. No, 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 no. What's really going on here, ladies and gentlemen, is once again, Johnny Gargano is befriending Tommaso Ciampa. Once again, he is getting Tommy Entertainment to trust Johnny Wrestling. And then he is going to turn around and he is going to stab him right square in the back, just like Tommaso Ciampa did to him. I'm really hoping that this thing goes all the way until TakeOver Chicago next year. And you can bet I will be there because I have to see the conclusion of what is going to come down with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. One other thing to talk about before we throw it over to the Wrestle Kingdom preview, and that is the women's division inside of NXT. Of course, last night we saw Bianca Belair defeat Lacey Evans, Mia Yim, and Io Shirai to earn her shot at Shayna Baszler, still undefeated. Now, here's my issue, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Bianca Belair. I really, really like Bianca Belair. But do we really need another unbeaten streak inside of the NXT women's division? 
I'm really hoping that Shayna Baszler puts an end to this streak. I want to see Shayna Baszler retain at TakeOver Phoenix and then lose this championship at TakeOver WrestleMania. What are they calling it? It's not TakeOver Brooklyn. I take over Brooklyn's SummerSlam weekend, although it's moving to Toronto this year. Maybe they are going to call it TakeOver Brooklyn. That'll be kind of weird. Um, and then we have the highlight, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, the highlight. I should have fit this into the Tyler Breeze talk earlier. The best 15 minutes of WWE TV this week. Oh, yeah. Deputy Dango is back. Tyler Breeze is back. The Fashion Police are back and they are on the case fashion files cold case pie owens pie that's right it debuted this monday night on the wwe network immediately following raw and ladies and gentlemen if you have not watched this you absolutely need to go out of your way to check this out because it is the funniest 15 minutes of wwe tv in 2018 here's what's gonna happen hey road warrior animal talking to you you know what's gonna happen with this whole damn thing Breeze and Dango, they're going to get themselves over again. This was fantastic. For those of you who did not watch the episode, but you're curious, who hit Kevin Owens in the face with a pie? Well, of course, it had to be the pie-eating fool himself, The Rock. Although, I think it should have been Rikishi, and he should have done it for The Rock. So let's go ahead. We're going to throw things over to your musical break this week. This is going to be a song called Motherfucker by Faith No More. I'm going to get two of my favorite motherfuckers on the phone. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some Wrestle Kingdom 13 with 8-Track Brown, 8-Track Black. We'll be right back. Force fed more than we'd eat in the wild. Grazed on a mash that could suffocate a child. Bloated, promoted in an ode to pomp and style. Moisten in the feed while we choke upon the bile. Corner in the rocket on the geese without the bones. Hushing out the public in a strike without a drone. The cage became collapsible, our sticks with the stones. Get the motherfucker on the phone.
for segment two. No Huckleberry number one, but I got Huckleberry number two, and then we got the Hitman. That's a Huckleberry in training, for those of you who don't know. Um, that was Motherfucker by Faith No More. Yeah, got my two favorite motherfuckers on the phone. Yeah. First, from St. Louis Park, Minnesota. It's his first appearance on the show. You can find him on Twitter, at Mad Craziness, representing the 8-Track Core, 8-Track Black. Black, welcome to Hitting the Marks. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Um, this is my first time on the show. Actually, um, my first time listening to you guys was, was at last year's What's Kingdom Preview. So it's funny, very funny that I'm on the, this episode this year. So who are you guys? What a difference a year makes, huh? It's crazy yeah. how that stuff works. You know, a year ago, I was sitting here and I was talking to the, our next guest here. The man who needs no introduction, ladies and gentlemen. A guest so hot. I guess so controversial that we can only bring him on the show like once or twice a year. From the ghettos of professional wrestling, you know him from the PW Hustle, A-Track Brown. Track, you got your mouth full Yo. of all kinds of shit. What's up, man? <laughs> I'm going to have to correct you because if I don't, the masked man is going to get at me. It is the slums. Oh, the of slums prof- of professional wrestling. The slums of professional wrestling. And, you know, I'm here. I'm good. You know, I'm chilling. Um, I'm ready to talk uh, some oriental wrestling, as my grandma would say. <laughs> and, if, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to the Facebook and you'll see the video of me trying to PC my grandma. But it didn't work because she's old school. She doesn't care. And you know me, Jargo. I'm just a poor black man trying to find acceptance. Well, you know, you know that you are always welcome on this show unless, you know, we're syndicating through multiple platforms, in which case I have to put up an NSFW disclaimer. Um, <laughs> so here's what we're going to do, guys. I'm going to run through the card, but we're actually going to run through the card backwards because we all know that the main event of this show is actually going to be the opening match. Have you guys seen how they formatted this card yet? I, I didn't. I, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure of the exact uh, the order. I went on. I went over it on my live show last Monday, but I wasn't sure if that was the order that it was actually going to be in. Yeah, on uh, NJPW 1972, they actually list out the first match of the night is going to be Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay. That's what we're going to. Serious? I am dead fucking serious. So we're going to treat that They're as not even opening up with a tag match or nothing. Nope. Nope. So we're going to run through the card backwards because I'm sure that's the match that's going to make us all lose our freaking minds. So let's start off with what will be your main event of the evening. It's going to be Kenny Omega taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi. Go ace for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Now, eight track black. I know you are a big Kenny Omega fan. I also know that you like putting up tribute videos and you do tribute videos for everybody. Have you done a Hiroshi Tanahashi tribute video as of yet? Yes, I have. You can check that out on the PSO YouTube channel. Uh, thank you to my boy, A.T.R. Brown, for uploading it. And, you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi got to be the greatest of all time. And, yes, I am a King Omega fan also. But I also think that King Omega will lose this title. And... He will kiss that title goodbye and good night. Thank you very much. 
Wow. So eight track black is predicting a championship change at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, eight track brown, are you all caught up? Are you, do you know everything that's been going on inside of the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling at this point going into Wrestle Kingdom? Um, going into Wrestle Kingdom, I I was not as sharp as I was last year due to a lot of different you know personal things. I haven't had any time to watch as much as New Japan as I used to. I just watch you know the basic shows and stuff like that. So I'm gonna be honest with the people. I I only know about the the matches. I haven't really been um, uh, keeping up with too much of the 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 build for it, with the exception of what's been going on with Jay White and Bullet Club. So okay. my apologies out there. See, look at that. We caught eight track Brown off the ball. How often does that happen? Well, hey well, man, it's been it's been one crazy fucking past six months, bro. That's for sure, man. Uh, well, well, here's the situation, right? So we we've got this whole all elite wrestling thing kind of looming off in the distance. We saw earlier today that the ace has re-signed for another year, so Tanahashi is under contract. We have no idea what is going on with Kenny Omega's contract status. I think there's a lot of people that expect him to lose the title here, but of course we know that at New Year's Dash, all right, at New Year's Dash, Kota Ibushi has come out and said, Kenny Omega, at New Year's Dash, I'm going to be your tag team partner. I don't care who we're facing. I don't care what's going on, but me and you, we're going to tag at New Year's Dash. I'm thinking Kenny's going to retain this title because Ibushi's going to fuck over Kenny Omega at New Year's Dash. I I think that um, you might have a point. I don't think Kenny... First of all, I don't think Kenny Omega's going anywhere. I don't either. Um, I'm still content that you know he's gonna he's going that that Tanahashi's coming in to do the job. Um, now it's for me personally as a New Japan fan, this is intriguing because for those who may not you know be also in the know or haven't been keeping up with it as much or whatever. You don't know if Omega's going to win because he's leaving. You don't know if Omega's going to lose because he's leaving. And maybe you hope he wins because that means he's staying. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, All Elite Wrestling, if it does happen, I believe he'll work with both. Um, So I'm going to pick Kenny Omega to uh, to keep this title, um, to retain it. And I think, yeah, I think him and Kota Bucci are going to have another go around. And um, he might just lose that to Kota. Uh, I don't know if Kota has signed a full on contract. We know that's always been his problem. So, you know, maybe he has. And hopefully, you know, we see a good match between him and Kenny Omega down the road for that belt. Okay, now, 8-Track Black, I'm going to ask you this question. Because I know you're engaged. You're plugged in. And you know, like I know. That for years now, we have had this story going on of Hiroshi Tanahashi telling Kota Ibushi to grow the fuck up. This has been going on for literally years now. Now, I think Kota Ibushi is going to become the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion at some point this year. Do you think that he is going to win that championship from Hiroshi Tanahashi? Or do you think it's going to be Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega at Madison Square Garden and 8-Track Brown is going to ejaculate all over himself? (laughs) <laughs> well, me personally, I think that it only, it only made sense to have Kota Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi. But if you want to have Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi for the IWGB Area Championship in the American uh, soil, maybe New, New, Year's, New Beginning or Magic Red Garden would be the best place. Other than that, I still I still go with Tanahashi, but 
I won't be surprised if Omega wins. Brown, what do you think? Are you, you are you going with Omega officially or oh, I'm going I'm going with Omega officially, man. I'm going now it's funny because <laughs> you know Drago, you you have a tendency to um sway my opinion sometimes with your with your un, undeniable logic. And I do know about the whole thing of because uh, because you said they've been doing that for years. It's almost like um it's, it's the big brother and the little brother. Yeah, it's almost like Piccolo and Goku in reverse. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, but imagine uh, Piccolo being able to always whoop Goku's ass or something like that. <laughs> but he's always telling him, grow up, stop, stop, uh, close the deal. You know, um, um, stop being so damn nice, uh, mature or whatever, whatever. And let me tell you something. I've been on a Dragon Ball Z binge for the past two days, and I did not realize that Goku is the dumbest motherfucker walking planet Earth. I had no idea that the dude didn't know the difference between 100 and 1 million. So, but that's besides the point. But yeah, um, your, 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 your undeniable logic, Jargo, of this whole story between Tanahashi and Ibushi, it could lead to a match later on in the future to, you know, Tanahashi might win at Wrestle Kingdom and drop the title to Kota Ibushi somewhere down the line. And, and you know, it, it, it's, it's possible. But I'm still sticking with Omega because it's possible that Omega loses that title to Ibushi. Ibushi drops that title to Tanahashi, and you know he'll win the G1 again. Uh, I mean, he'll win the G1 for the first time officially and fight Tanahashi next year. It could happen, dude. Could you imagine if they do Ibushi versus Omega in the Garden? If well, listen. I mean, come that, on. I don't think they'll do it at New Beginning be because out. those shows are going to be too yeah. small. Yeah, you gotta. You wanna. They want to be able to make this make a splash with this show. I think I think the Garden Show is is the official the official attempt. You know, everybody talks about you know, oh no 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 no, uh, San Francisco Cow Palace is that and third. No 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 no. I think this is their real attempt right now because this is the Garden and the Cow Palace ain't the Garden. None of those places in Cali are not the Garden. So. You know they already sold out. It's all. It's already. It's only a matter of you know what matches do they have going in. And you're right, Kota Bushi versus Kenny Omega in the Garden. That that's that's for a classic that could be talked about for decades. Hey, Drake Black, where are you at with this Kenny Omega title run? I mean, if if this is the end of the Kenny Omega title run, like how underwhelming is this? He's had three title defenses at this point. He's defended against Cody. Tomohiro Ishii, which was an incredible match, and then Cody and Ibushi. Like he he's had three title defenses in six months. I mean, which is actually pretty standard for the New Japan champion. It's just when he won it, winning it at Dominion, and then going into the G1 is a terrible time. It's not like he hasn't had great matches. It's just the title wasn't on the line. But how underwhelmed are you with the Kenny Omega championship reign? I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, but you know, like like dislike it as much because it is New Japan. But at the same time, I think he just kept it all in the, in the family. You know, he defended against Cody, defended against Kota Ibushi and Cody. You know, he had that one great match against Tom Tom Hero ECE. I think he will he could have defended against more people outside of the Golden Elite. That will be more, you know, I would like him even more, like to tie you tie even more, but. He kept being around the, around the family, and I, I, I think it's just been pretty boring. Okay, so let's say that between, let's say he beats Tanahashi, 
And then let's say in February he defends and beats Jay White. And then he has Ibushi in the garden. Does that change your perception of the title reign? Yeah, I think I think so. If he if he can defeat the whole ass leader of the Bullet Club, Jay White, and face Kota Ibushi at the Garden, then I would like I would respect that even more. Other than that, I just, I just don't don't like it as much at at at, at the moment. Hey, Track Brown, are we ever gonna get a rematch? Is Little Kazu ever gonna get a rematch for that damn belt? Probably. I think I think it's 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 you know it's it's almost inevitable at this point, isn't it? I mean, when I look right. at the top tier, it's it's kind of thin, especially w- with what's going on with the elite. Well, um, you know the J the Jay White thing because you know he know he he's gunning for that title, and um, it could be again, man. It goes back to damn, it, like I so many things that you don't you don't put in put in perspective of what can happen in the future because Jay White has made no bones about going after Kenny Omega. He's also made no bones about going after Tanahashi, you know, he, or Okada, uh, uh, his, his, and they're pushing the hell out of, out of Jay White. He's climbing the ranks. He's improved out the ass. This was a guy that most fans, you know, we, 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 we look on YouTube, we look on social media and, and whatnot, the Twitter and shit. And, you know, I think we can all agree this was a guy who people were making fun of in the beginning. Like, are you serious? This dude? Like, I used to say the motherfucker looked like Katie Lang, you know? So, uh, Jay White going in, Kota Abushi going in. It's, it's, I, I don't, I personally don't think, you know, the, I have to side a, a bit with A Track Black. Uh, his, his title run has been underwhelming. It, it's not entirely his fault. Based off where, like you said, where he won it and what came after. So if you know, it's it's kind of like you want him to win because, of course, you want him to stay, and you know you want the rematch, and you want you want that run to, to be a little bit more relevant, uh, 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 relevant and more and more prestigious. You know, I don't think he'll even if he sticks around for another four years. I don't think he's gonna top what Okada did. But you want something, you know, that you can look back and say, yeah, he he was a good champ. If he loses the title right now, you know, it's going to be hard to argue that his run was really all that good. Speaking of terrible championship reigns, let's talk about the Intercontinental Championship, which is being held hostage by one Chris Jericho. Uh, Chris Jericho takes on the one man who should not be fighting for the Intercontinental Championship, Tetsuya Naito. Uh, now I, I am all for a Japanese wrestler kicking Jericho's ass. Go get our fucking belt back, but not Naito. He, this is the one not guy, this guy, this is the exactly. one guy. Exactly. I felt like, I, I, I felt like this should have been Sonata's spot. Definitely. Now that you say that, definitely. He, he's the, he's the, he, to me, I keep saying to people, man, this guy's the future ace. Unless New Japan pusses, uh, pisses him off and he bolts, I think we have a future ace here. I I don't understand the logic, other than the fact that you know they wanna they wanna have this money match because that's exactly what it is. It's an international money match. Uh, you know Jericho's drawing for them right now. Um, yeah, the whole angle of him holding the title hostage is is cool, but the guy you're sending to get it back, we already know he gives. He doesn't give two shits about that title. He hates that title. He literally destroyed that title. Exactly. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Jericho wins. 
Oh my god. I'm saying I'm saying Jericho wins and Sonata does take that title from it because Naido does not want it. Well, and, and I, I mean, mean it makes so much sense because I, they like his Listen, you had a guy who did not want the IC title but was an awesome ass IC champion. So from a from an angle aspect, he didn't want the title, but you you were glad he had the title. And even though he way he treated the title, it it goes into his character because it's almost like, you know, I was I wanted him to treat the IWGP title like that for for almost for almost for for Naido to be like, I'm bigger than this title, so fuck this title too. You know what I'm saying? I just needed it just to, to solidify myself at this point. So you know it's crazy, but you know what? I'm saying Jericho wins this shit because I don't see the logic in giving Naito for the title. I mean, well, I mean, because when you look at it, Jericho beats Naito for the title. All right, then he beats Evil to retain the title. Wouldn't it had have just been freaking logical to have Sonata be the guy to beat Jericho. It elevates Sonata, makes him a bona fide main eventer as a single star instead of being stuck in this damn tag team. Oh, it pisses me off so much. Hey, Track Black, what do you think? Who do you got? You got you got the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Chris Jericho, or are you going with the ungovernable Tetsuya Naito? Well, Y2J, or, or uh, as I, I would like to call him, Y2 Lesnar, um, this, <laughs> this title win has been complete shit, and I will not be surprised if they have night to win here, even though I do agree with Atrap Brown. They, I think it should, should have been uh, Sonata. I think he is ready for that singles title one. And, you know, uh, everybody is saying that uh, Chris Jericho probably got to stay for a little bit longer. In New Japan, but I don't think I don't think so. I think Naito taking his title. You know the other guy who's not on this card this year that I would have loved to have seen against Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki. Can I get Suzuki versus Jericho? Man, listen, Suzuki versus Jericho, right there. That that feud alone has so much money up in the air. You know, the writing is on the wall. That's something that writes itself. And I, I think it's it's we can be we can always having the time of his life in New Japan right now. Oh man. I'm not saying it's it's his best work he's ever done, but it's it's awesome just to see him there. It's awesome to see Jericho just being uncensored conference that they had recently when Naito basically spit in his face. <laughs> it was crazy. I loved it. You know, I'm like, I don't want I don't want Jericho to leave. I know he's going to, but I just <laughs> it's awesome to see what he's doing in Japan, man. It it really is. If you are the uh, WWE the end. if you are the WWE, I mean they are hurting on star power. They are hurting hard. How much money are you throwing at Chris Jericho for a WrestleMania appearance? I, I wouldn't even be I wouldn't be surprised if they was throwing a ton of money, especially let's see what happens at this Wrestle Kingdom. And and it makes his it makes his his value go up even more if you know Wrestle Kingdoms are is it sold out? It's not entirely sold out. All the seating is sold out, but there's so much standing room inside of the Tokyo Dome that you can still get tickets. They are still available. Oh, okay. 
I, I'm st- I still plan on going. So, um, you know, to my man Akasan out there, you know, if, if you if you hear this, you know, set me up with a place to stay. I might have a place to stay. <laughs> hey, Track Black, is there anybody else that you can think of off the top of your head that you would like to see take the Intercontinental Championship from Chris Jericho? One person, Okada. I think I like Okada that. should have should have been going after going after this actually title. I mean, I know the only time yes. he, ever, he ever won was the heavyweight title, but I think to cement his legacy even more, I think he should have gone after the IC title against Jericho, not Naito. I mean, as much as I like Naito, I have to think think that putting the title on him is a bad idea, even because at the at when Adrian Brown said he destroyed that IC title. So he doesn't give it doesn't give a shit, and even though I want Naya to win, I hope, really hope that Okada goes after that IC title after uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I really wanted to see Okada. Let me Go Let ahead. Me, I'm sorry, real quick. Uh, I I like that because with the with the way the belt has kind of been devalued because of the the angle they have with Jericho, having Okada have it and having a long reign, it brings it back. To the pretty much the the Nakamura days, you know, I don't think Okada loses his any loses any ground, especially if you know if they have him defended like he did the 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 world title. Remember, this title this used to be a title that would main event shows, you, main you event know? in Wrestle Kingdom. So exactly. So with a, with, with somebody like Okada having it, it, it it puts way more prestige on it than Naito. So I just wanted to remark on that. Good call, uh, a track black. I like it. I absolutely like it. I wanted to see Okada and Tanahashi in World Tag League. I wanted to see the two of them together in World Tag League, run through the World Tag League, and I wanted to see Okada and Tanahashi take on G.O.D. That's what I really wanted. Bastards. That'll actually... That's something that that, that, that does have a lot of intrigue as well, but it... it it kind of brings back the top guys a little to get to put those belts back on them. It should have just been Evil and uh, the newest member. Uh, what's the guy's name? I keep forgetting his Shingo. name. Yeah, yeah. It should have been those two to get the title and and have Sonata, like you said, go after that that IC title. Uh, you know, you got I, I in the back of my mind, man. Now I'm just keep thinking about what they're gonna do with Sonata. That's the future ace. They gotta. They, they need to hurry up. He's getting older. It sounds like WWE is very interested in Sonata, and why in the hell wouldn't you be? Um, Kushida is going to be defending his IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against Taja Ishimori. God damn, this card is loaded. So, unfortunately, due to Dragon Lee dropping Hiromu on his freaking head, Hiromu had to vacate this title. Kushida wins it. I'm liking Ishimori versus Kushida. The build to this has actually been a lot of fun with Ishimori faking the injury and then nailing Kushida with the crutch and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think this match might be the most underwhelming match on this card because of where it's positioned. I know people are expecting like this absolutely insane match between these two guys. I'm almost expecting these two guys to slow it down and have a in-ring Matt classic because it is paired between Jay White versus Okada and Jericho versus Naito. Like I don't see this being a high spot fest. Do you, Baytrack Black? I think you're muted, homie. You, you muted your mic, man. I can't. Oh, hear no, you. you muted again. 
And while he fixes his mic, I'll give my thoughts real quick. Um, I I think that you know this this show. I, I mean, this match, which I almost forgot was happening, um, could be a show stealer as well. You know, don't, don't, don't. Let's not sit there and um, sleep on these two because we are. If you if you're familiar with Ishimori's work from Impact, you know he's the fucking man. Uh, if you haven't even been paying attention to New Japan, we already know that uh, Kushida has been positioned to be the Jushin Liger of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title uh, scene. So, um. You know, this match just might steal the show. It might be it might be one of the best matches of the night. You know, we're bound to have at least four great matches, and it might be one of the four. I say eighty percent chance that it will be. Kushida's gonna tear it the fuck up. We already know that. Hey Trek Black, you back? I think I think what's his name is taking it, of course. I think Ishimori has got this in the bag. Um because you know, Kushida's not even supposed to be champion right now anyway. Um, uh, but I don't think that uh Ishimori was I don't know. I'm well. Ishimori being in a position to fight, so I'm not going to say that Ishimori was never supposed to be in that position. But Kushida was definitely not. So I think the writing's on the wall that you know that title is going to go to Ishimori. You know, as it should. You know, get 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 that young cat in there. Let's see what happens. And hopefully, hopefully, Hiromu comes back. They're saying that it might be over for him. I hope to God that that's not the case. So that's my daughter's favorite wrestler right there. You know, so. You know, for him not to come back is going to break her heart. I almost expect to see Hiromu at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, kind of like a, a Shibata kind of thing, where he just comes out uh, and yeah. he's like, hey, I'm here, I'm alive, just so everybody knows. Yep. Right, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you back. Yeah, we can uh, hear you, man. Cool. Uh, as I was saying, I think they think like he's uh, too safe. It's not going to be no high spots, uh, dives here, dives there kind of mess. But I do think that Easy boy, take this belt, and and I'm not, I'm not saying because uh, he's gonna be going to WWE, but everybody's saying that they gonna be he gonna be going to go to WWE when he drops it, but I don't see that. I think Tazi more does take this belt, and because he just uh, sticks around and probably could move up to the heavy, heavy division. Have you heard this rumor, A Track Brown, that uh, Kushida may be NXT bound? I have, and I'm telling you right now. Kushida ain't going nowhere. I'm he right loves it in New Japan. He 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 loves being in Japan. Uh, I don't I don't I can't sit here and say how he feels about WWE. I've never heard him say anything bad or pro WWE. But I know he's been all about New Japan. I know two guys or three guys. Who I know what I ain't got to worry about going nowhere or four actually. Okada, Tanahashi, Kushida, and Naito. They ain't going nowhere. Kushida stay his ass right there. Yep, I agree with everything that you just said. Those are the four guys that, that, that they are the cornerstones as things stand of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then there's this other uh, guy. Dragon Lee, on the other hand, I can see Dragon Lee going to the WWE. Dragon Lee is still on my shit list. I saw Dragon Lee wrestle for the first time and, and ever since he dropped Hiromu on his head here just a couple of weeks ago on MLW, and I want something I bad to happen. I saw that match. It was great. I want something uh, bad to happen to Dragon Lee. I wanted DJZ to like hit him with like one of them like 900 splashes from the top of a cage and like just cave honest, in his goddamn honest, chest. Honest mistake. Honest mistake. I know Bret Hart is like reckless, but honest mistake. You know, I love the guy. It was unfortunate what happened. You know, um, I'm pretty sure he probably feels shitty about it as well. You know, but um, 
It's it, it maybe is that why he hasn't been on New Japan like that? I don't know because it wouldn't surprise I, me. I noticed ever ever since then I haven't seen him on like that nope. at all. I'm like what the hell? Yeah, when he wasn't in World Tag League, I was like, oh okay, now I'm taking notice. Exactly, it's like. I don't- Right, something something's not exactly and I wasn't even um I didn't even watch everything everything on that. I just always noticed that he wasn't on it and I'm like something's up. I haven't seen him for a while, so they might be pissed at him. Yep. Uh speaking of guys who get pissed at, let's talk about uh Switchblade. Yeah, Switchblade Jay White taking on let's hope the Rainmaker, Kazushka Okada, and not little Kazu and his balloons. Um what they have done with Okada and Jay White, this story is literally a year in the making. And I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually think Okada is going to put over Switchblade here and make him a bona fide main eventer. A-Track Black, what do you think? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but I still think that Okada could beat the shit out of him. Let's hope so. And... And, you know, the whole ass leader of the Bullet Club, Jay White. I mean, even though you don't respect him, Drago, you got to admit that he has a, a breakout year this year, being Okada, being a, a Tanahashi, and, you know, becoming the United champion. And, you know, Swiss Bray has been one of my favorite guys since he was in, uh, US, in, a, in the U.S. for Ring of Honor. He has, has been improved. So I won't be surprised if, if JY does be Okada, but I hope that Okada is given the ass kicking that he deserves. I, I like, to be clear, it's not that I'm down on Switchblade. I'm just I'm not sold on this guy as a main event talent for New Japan Pro Wrestling at this point. I'm not sure that I buy him at this point as the leader of the Bullet Club. I I like Jay White a lot as a talent. I'm just not sold on this Switchblade character yet. But I mean, I'm waiting. It's kind of like the whole Cody Rhodes thing for me, where I'm waiting for Cody to have this great match and just blow me away. While I, I like the character and what he's doing with the character, I'm just not sold on Switchblade. Yeah, uh, my my thing with uh, Jay Jay White is that I don't want him to be like you know the second version of Chris Devitt. You know I don't want he doing the whole the promos like uh, Chris Devitt. He doing the whole finger finger gun thing like Chris Devitt. I don't be surprised if he comes out and what's Kingdom with a light up jacket. Well, I mean you know I wish they would tell the damn story because the actual story to this whole freaking thing is Prince Devitt introduced Switchblade Jay White to Bad Luck Fale in 2014 and kind of put these wheels in motion and Jay White has been the chosen one by the fallen prince and but tell me that fucking story other than on Bad Luck Fale's fucking Twitter feed Exactly a track Brown, what do you think? Is is Kazu um, is Kazu going down here? I think uh, yeah, Kazu's going down. I mean, but um, to put this in context, this is the equivalency of Roman Reigns losing at WrestleMania. Like this is a big fucking deal if this happens. Well, it, it it's listen. It, um, is he is he primed for the main event spot? Maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. Is he primed to be the young new upstart to get the push? Yes. Um, l- look at him to win this match, 
And if you're really if you're really not sold on him now, then uh, hopefully by uh, the New Japan Cup you will be because he is going to win that. You know that. Um, uh, I I I I was informed, and and even after I did my own research last year, after being completely pissed off that Saber made Naito tap, you know, uh, the cup is for the up and coming stars that they're trying to push or whatever. So Jay White is definitely primed and ready to win that tournament, and especially coming after a win after Okada, he wins that. He's either coming for Omega or Tanahashi, and um, I don't know what they're gonna do, but. I, they're, they're pushing the hell out of this kid. We all see it. The writing's on the wall. Like I said, his 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 value has gone up a lot since since he first debuted. Um, we're in for a good match. We're in for a really good story uh, to the match. I think you're absolutely right. They should incorporate, you know, him being the chosen one, handpicked by Prince Devitt. I think it makes it more more of a prevalent um, um, angle, and it, it gets it gets Devin over. I mean, not Devin, Devin, listen to me. It gets Jay White over a little bit more when people see, oh, okay, you know, if Devin, if Devin fucks with him, then, then it's got to be something about him that, that people like, and I see people liking him even more and more now. Yeah, you got to make that a part of it. Um, So, but look, 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 for, look for White to win, man. Look for White to win, and on to that New Japan Cup. Here's my thing with Switchblade, all right? I feel like this is a result of Jericho taking the Intercontinental Championship hostage because I feel like Switchblade should be at that Intercontinental Championship level. Like, I feel like we're skipping a step with Switchblade Jay White. That's my issue with Jay White at this point. I mean, he's he's only been around for a year. Yeah, and I think they made a mistake by taking the, the U.S. title off of him. I do, too. It, it, it should have... It should have stayed on him. It should have been something that that should have been built up through him. Uh, I don't have a problem with, with Cody holding it, but, you know, Jay White is the guy that you're pushing, you know. Um, I understand that Cody's hot, but you're pushing this kid, so bring him in there. But at the end of the day, having that belt and then going on to beat Okada, you know, makes your stock rise in the fans over there in Japan. So, you know, I guess in this, they, they couldn't go wrong. But as a fan that wants to see that title, you know, be taken a little bit more seriously, having someone like him hold on to it a little bit longer would have been a better idea. I uh, I think that Switchblade Jay White being the leader of the Bullet Club is a swerve. That's what I think. I think it's a swerve. I think he is going to be the second in command of the Bullet Club. And I think that we will see that come to light at New Year's Dash, and I'll lay out that scenario for you at the end of the show. I thought it was, I thought it was strange. I I felt that when I heard that, I'm like, why isn't Tama just the leader? He's he's isn't what that happened to cool? all the bullshit? There is no leader of the Bullet Club. <laughs> that, that too, yes, yes, that too. But you know, I never took that seriously anyway because we all knew Devitt was the man. Yes, you know, he's still the uh, fucking leader. <laughs> When AJ came in, we knew he was headed, even even though he was there for for a hiccup. But you know, um, I do like the fact. I don't. I don't. This is why I made that 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 uh, Bullet Club tribute that you can check out on PW Hustle Two and the uh, PW Hustle Facebook group page. Um, I I'm just glad that there's no more fruit booty shit, man. I'm just glad no more Kenny Omega and the Bucks going around kissing dudes. 
You see Kenny Omega dressing up like Princess Jasmine, turning the Bullet Club into the Blue Oyster Club. Nah, I didn't like that shit. So at this point, you know, Bullet Club is back. They on their gangster shit. They on their grown man shit. No more of that, you know, fruity shit. I wish they didn't get rid of the Tokyo Pimp. I don't know how you get rid of him. They should have kept him. That, yeah, that one bothers me. I'm sorry, Yujiro does not belong in the anything. elite. Nah, it's like, what? Why, why would you do that? No, he's perfect. That's his attitude is Bullet Club. He's the fucking Tokyo Pimp. Like, you don't have him with a bunch of fruitcakes. Shut and up, Yujiro. Uh, I, I got a question. Yeah, what's up, man? Who do you think is the mole of the Bullet Club? We're hearing Jay White saying that there's a mole in KI that might be the mole for, for those guys. I think it's going to end up being show. I, th- I, th- I think it might be Oh, Chubby that's King. right. Show, show did join, didn't he? Show it, well, show is in chaos right now. But I think uh, they're going to split up Rapungi 3K, and I think it's going to end up coming out that show is uh, Jay White's mole inside of Chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that he was with Chaos. Um, oh, he came. He he's not even retired no more, right? Rocky came out of retirement, right? Oh yeah, Rocket Rocky's been wrestling yeah, see, all the yeah. damn time. Yeah, 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 man. You see, that's how far I've been. I, I it had to come back through memory because I saw him and Jay White. Uh, uh, getting into it. Um, I got to get back on my shit, man. Don't worry. 2019, I'm back on my regular schedule program. But um, that that it, it's listen. You have uh, you have a situation like you said where they should have uh mentioned uh him being picked by 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 Devitt. And this whole mole thing, it could play out at Wrestle Kingdom or New Year's Dash, but she'll break that down. So, you know. Well, it's like, who even cares at this point? Like, does anybody even care about the whole chaos and Jay White thing? Like, I feel like we're, we, we, we've kind of moved on from that. Like, there was never a battle for chaos. It was just Jay White left and joined Bullet Club. Well, again, you know, this, when I, when I see stuff like that and you ask the questions that you ask, it only makes me think that this is more for the people in Japan. They give a shit, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's uh, true. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a few friends over there in Japan on Twitter so they can let me know and give me the the feedback from people in Japan. Let me know how they feel so I can be more positive about it. Uh, but but we have to remember that as much as they they keep saying they're trying to make their stamp in America, they're never gonna abandon their Japanese audience. They're never going to. So as like I explained to Billy Ray and the masked man, those aren't the same guys, by the way. Uh, I know you're not feeling this match, Tanahashi versus Omega, but you're not Japanese, bro. And you don't live over there. For them, this is the fucking shit. Okay, so I I I I I listen to people. I listen to people. I see what they post. I see a lot of Americans are not really feeling the whole Omega Tanahashi thing. But Wrestle Kingdom is never and will never be catered to an American audience. Oh, never. Uh, The American audience underestimates the popularity of Hiroshi Tanahashi in Japan. Yeah, he is a big freaking deal. I think I think sometimes I, I said it all the time. I'm like, yo, I think y'all really forget that. <laughs> so he's the John C. 
king of Japan. No, he's the Tanahashi of Japan. Like, even though, you know, Japan is not as big as America, John Cena is not as big as Amer- in America as Tanahashi is. No, he's I, a I, true mainstream person. I would compare him to Hogan. I mean, if, if you're going to exactly. compare him to anybody, he exactly. is the Hulk Hogan of Japan. Ex- yo, he, yo, I, I, oh, I hope I don't upset Mr. Sato, but it's like Anoki who <laughs> with, with yeah. Tanahashi. That's, that's how it is. Then. Yeah. I mean, not that the love isn't there for Anoki. It's just in this modern day social media, everybody's connected. My yeah. wife follows Tanahashi on Instagram and she's like constantly showing me shit of Tanahashi just like <laughs> roaming around Tokyo with like crowds of people just hoarding him. It's absolutely ridiculous. I want to see his movie. Did you see that he had a movie come out? I saw that he did, he was in one. That's why he had that that teddy bear haircut. <laughs> the name of the movie is My Dad is a Heel Wrestler. That is the the actual that is the name of the movie and it's got a bunch of guys from New Japan are in the freaking movie, right? Oh, and Tanahashi Tanahashi plays the biggest bad guy in Japan. So I'm fascinated to see this. And he wrestles under a hood and his name is El Kakaroch. Oh, I got to see this. this I got to see this shit. That's so corny. It's great. Oh dude, oh, the the God. trailer is like it'll bring you to tears awful. Like it just oh, looks. Oh yeah, it, it looks like great we gotta, stuff. We, 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 I think we're gonna have to do a collaboration reaction to this. This just sounds like something too good to pass up. Oh man, you gotta see this trailer. This is. Yeah, I, 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 I gotta get an eight track brown reaction video just to the damn trailer. <laughs> Let's talk about a dude. This is a dude who people clamor to have this sweat on it. You know. <laughs> Let's talk about Rapungi 3K showing yo, bring it back to yo. Rapungi 3K is going to take on the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions Suzuki Goon, Kanemaru, and Desperado versus Los Indomernobles de Japón. The team of Bushi and Shingo for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. That's right, it's going to be a three way dance, ladies and gentlemen, because they booked Junior Tag League to be a three-way dance. I I don't under... This is literally the same match that we got at the finals of Junior Tag League, which they set up great. Eight-track black. Why in the hell are we doing this match again? I had no idea. I did, I, I, if I was me, <laughs> if, was, if I was them, they probably would just, you know, I should just stick with um Shingo and, and Boosie versus uh, the champions. But... I don't know how they why they keep on doing these triple threat matches. We've seen it with um Cody Ibushi and, and Omega now we're doing it with um the two tag teams, Junior and the seniors. So I should just should just stick with uh, El Desperado and, and them and single and Bushi. I don't know why you, you put Punky three K here and being them being the champions of the World Tag League. I'm going with Shingo and Bushi to win these titles because it's Shingo and Shingo is pretty much the shit and Rapungi 3k doesn't need the titles. I think they're going to get split up. Suzuki goon has been running around with these titles forever. It seems like my, my only hesitation here, why is Shingo in the junior division? He's bigger than half of the guys. I was just about to ask that. I'm, I was just about to add, like, I'm like, y'all, do y'all have that right? Like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, that makes no sense at all. At all. Yeah, this I, I, dude. Um, you you were right about the split, so I don't see our uh, Rapongi 2K, who I, by the way, I honestly believe that they're WWE bound in the future. I, I I really do. I look at that team and I'm like, I know Triple H looks at this team and starts, you know, the way Vince jacks off the big guys, Triple H jacks off the flippity flips. You know, and I know he has his eyes on him. I know it. Like I, you listen. You know, that man is my is my sworn enemy, and you got to know how your sworn enemy thinks. <laughs> We're almost intertwined, but yeah, I think uh, um, Bushi and 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 uh, you know the 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 guy who's basically bigger than the entire junior division <laughs> is taking these titles. Yeah, he doesn't even need a tag team partner. He can be his own partner. I know, and like, the, I, the funny the part, part is, is, like, the only time Bushi ever wins a match is when he's tagging with Shingo. That's the only time Bushi ever wins. They gotta start doing something with Bushi, man. I, I I thought he was gonna step up when uh when when Hiromu went down, but. I don't know what they're doing with him and and why they don't really have him more in a prominent position. So maybe this is this is uh this is something. This is a, a give a, a give me. Uh speaking of potential match stealers, uh th- this could be your match of the night. Tomohiro Ishii takes on Zack Saber Jr. for the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I would like to point out this is the first time in a long time the Ring of Honor World Championship not being defended at Wrestle Kingdom. Instead, we're getting the Rev Pro Championship. And uh, this thing is going to be physical. It is going to be technical. And I cannot freaking wait because anything that Ishii is attached to, I'm going to watch the fuck out of it. 8-Track Black, what do you think? Yeah, I think like, ECE has been killing it uh, this year, uh, both in Ring Warner, both in uh, New Japan and uh, Web Pro. I think that ECE would, would beat the sit out of uh, Zack Sabre Jr. I can't stand Sabre Jr. To, to with a burning passion. I hope he, he uh, ECE breaks his bones in half. I just, I just can't, I can't stand him. I hate him. Hey, Track Brown, are you a Zack Sabre Jr. hater too? No, I love the colonizer Zack Saber Jr. I love Ishii. We've we've seen these we've seen these two go at it before. We know what we're in store for. We know what we're gonna see. Rev Pro title on the line, which helps give that title a little bit of a, a international boost for its prestigiousness. And you know, um, I'm I'm all in for this. I'm all in for this. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a technical one. It's gonna be a brutal one, and. Ishii is is has gotten to the point where he always is bringing something new to the table with every high profile match he has nowadays. So I'm waiting to see what he does here. And I, I even though I like him, I hope Ishii does crush his ass though. Juice Robinson coming to reclaim his IWGP United States Championship from Cody. Don't call him Rhodes. Uh, I don't think anybody's giving Cody any kind of a chance to win this match. I mean, Juice is going to have, you know, sparklers on his nipples and bald eagles flying out of his ass. I still think that was the promo of 2018. Any chance that Cody retains this championship, A-Track Black? Absolutely not. No chance in hell. I think that Juice Robinson will roll the motherfucker up and retain his title. Keep in mind, uh, Juice has not forgot about Wrestle Kingdom 11 when Corey came in and beat him uh, in his debut. So I hope Juice Robinson comes in and 
get his title back and avenge his loss in Watch the Kingdom. Juice Robinson going to be spending a lot of time in Ring of Honor this year. From the sounds of things, it would be nice to see him running around with an IWGP championship. Uh, A-Track Brown, you like Juice Robinson, CJ Parker? You, do you buy this whole dirty hippie gimmick? I, I, I like it. Um, I'm not in love with it. Um, I'm very happy to see that this guy has found his niche in Japan. Um, and, I, and I'm happy to see that you know they, they see something in him that the WWE didn't. And you know, for him, it works. I can't, I can't really hate on that dude. Um, I see him winning the belt because uh, you know we all know that Cody is is gonna be with that all elite um thing. So his his relationship with New Japan is over as well. And with Juice Robinson going back and forth over there and spending all the time that he's gonna be over there in the future, you you know he's gonna win this belt and he's gonna be defending it over there in the U.S. G.O.D. takes on L.I.J. versus... Ho-ass bitches! Ho-ass bitches! <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Ho-ass bitches, otherwise known as the Young Bucks. Another triple threat, this time for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Tama Tonga, my personality of 2018... Bad boy, New Japan, Pro Wrestling, Tama Tonga, and you're listening to that ho ass podcast. Hey, Gorilla Tactics, it's time for warfare. Yo, we came to battle, yo, we ain't to kill. That's right, you're listening to that ho ass podcast hitting the marks. Thank you, Tama Tonga, for that drop. Uh,. I want to see G.O.D. retain these titles and hold these goddamn belts for the next 15 fucking years, man. I love everything that G.O.D. is doing right now. We just got to get him some contenders. A-Track Black, how do you think this thing's going to go down? I think G.O.D. will, will come out with, with Doyas. I just, don't, I just hope that this match is not about just G.O.D. and the Young Bucks and have Evil Sonata on the side. I don't like how the fact that the Young Bucks come in and challenge them for the titles after Evo Sonata the World Title League. I know they want to have that last match at the Dome. You know, they go, they're leaving and all that. But I would, would much rather have G.O.D. versus L.I.J. At, in, in the Dome. How about we get this for a swerve? A-Track Brown, we're going to have Cody retain the U.S. title. The Young Bucks are going to win the IWGP tag titles. Kenny's going to walk out with the belt. At the end of the night, the Golden Elite are all standing there with the gold, and then they lose all the fucking belts at New Year's Dash. Oh, man, that 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 could be something that has a lot of, at the end of that show, a lot of people going crazy. Wouldn't, wouldn't, a lot of people going Oh, man, crazy. the IWC would just but, lose their freaking minds, wouldn't they? <laughs> Even though he blocked me on Twitter, and I have no idea why. I've never mentioned him, haven't tweeted him, didn't even get a chance to follow him. That's how I knew I was blocked. I was going to go follow him. Uh, Tama Tonga, my dude, you know, the, the dude who's bringing the real G shit back to wrestling other than LAX uh, and Conan. Um, I, he's got to win that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to, to, you know, I love the Bucks, but you know, as far as the wrestling is concerned, but I don't want to see them win this one. I, I agree with Mike, with, with Mike Davis, with a track black here that they did not have to be in this match. They could have fought somebody else to, to, to close out their, their new Japan careers or whatever. If that's going to be the case, they did not have to be in this match, but I understand it. It is the Bucks. It does add value, you know, and it does add hype. 
But if if God don't walk out with those belts, I'm gonna be one pissed off hoe ass bitch. Your main event of this show for the never open weight championship. Oh man, this this just screams match of the year 2019. If they let these guys go, dear God, help us all. It is going to be Will Osprey, the aerial assassin, challenging. Your never open weight champion, the golden star himself, Kota Ibushi. You know what? I don't even care who wins this match because you know who the real winners are here? Us. Hey, Track Black, who do you want to see win this match? Uh, I, I really don't care who wins this match. It's just, we all know we're going to have a, a hell of a match between the two. I mean, we've seen them hit Boosie and Osprey wrestle in tag team matches. This is the very first time we got them in one-on-one match. So, I don't care who wins. Most likely going to be uh, Ibushi. But we, we know we got to have a hell of a match between these two. So, I'm very really, really looking forward to it. And I hope one either Osprey and Ibushi make this title more relevant. Like, because this title means nothing. But at the same time, we have Ibushi versus Osprey in the very, very first match. The main event of the night, and I just hope that they make this relevant. I want to see Kota Ibushi hang on to this title and just completely redefine what it is to be never open weight champion. I want to see him defend against juniors. I want to see him defend against heavyweights. I want to see him defend against super heavyweights because his name is Kota Ibushi and he is the best professional wrestler in the world. A track Brown, who do you want to see win this match? I think we, the fans, all win. Um, before I say who I think wants to win, I have a question. When the fuck did these two become never open weight material? Well, I mean, did never open weight. Abandon- I mean, it's basically the X division, right? It's it's no limits. No, I, it's wait, no, no, no. As far as I, as far as I know, and I, and and you, you, I guess you can let me in on this if I'm wrong. Uh, never open weight matches. It was it started with. It, with, with you know, from my experience, it started with um, my man Shibata and Ishii. And no, it first started with Maccabi and Ishii. And then I, I started seeing Ishii and Shibata. And every time I would see a never open match, it always seemed like the style of match wasn't for guys like Ibushi and Osprey. It, it seemed like it was for more stiff, hard hitting type matches. It's just something that I, I, you know, you would think you'd see Ibushi, I mean, Ishii versus uh, Suzuki. So I'm like, did they just abandon the style or, or did I just have it wrong all along? I think um, I think it, the I, idea of the never open weight championship is anybody can hold this title. Whereas you have the junior heavyweight division, you have the heavyweight division, like Kushida could win this title and you could end up with a match like Kushida versus Tomohiro Ishii, which there's no logical reason why you would ever get that match otherwise. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. I got it. I, I think I understand it. Okay. It's just more of like an open weight class. All right. Then, you know, uh, uh, well, my winner, my pick is, of course, Ibushi. Um, uh, do I mind seeing Will Ospreay win it? No. But, you know, uh, if I have to pick one, I got to go with my man, the Golden Star. Um, of course, ends it with the Phoenix Splash. Um, 
we're gonna uh, we're gonna see our share of flips. I hope we see more stiff shots than anything. I hope these guys go out of the element of doing mostly. Uh, well, they don't mostly do dives. Well, Osprey mostly does dives, but I'm hoping we see them strike each other more than we do see them doing something aerial. Even though he's the aerial assassin, I hope with this match it, and it's noticeable. Where people are like, you know, he didn't really do as many flips in this match as usual. I hope that goes that route. I hope it does. All right. So, A Track Black, I'm going to throw it over to you here. I want one prediction from you for New Year's Dash, the night after Wrestle Kingdom, when we all know the shit is going to hit the fan. Give us one prediction from you going in to 2019 for New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is, this is tough. Um, I I predict Gallows and Anderson will come back and return to the Bullet Club. Ooh, I like that. Anderson and Gallows back to Japan, back to the Bullet Club. Eight Track Brown, give me one prediction for New Year's Dash and New Japan Pro Wrestling going into 2019. Hmm. If I had to, if I have to make a, a, a prediction, it's going to be a wild and bold one. So what I'm going to say is that at New Year's Dash, we see Jay White possibly walk out with the IWGP title. Wow, that is a bold one. I'm okay. going bold and I'm going wild and I'm going crazy and I'm going get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, <laughs> That's what I'm well. doing. Well, here's here's my crazy and bold prediction as well. All right. And my my prediction also involves Switchblade Jay White. I think in the main event of New Year's Dash, you're going to see the Golden Lovers compete and they are going to lose that match somehow. So, oh, 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 I know. I got one even better. Kenny Omega is going to get thrown out of the elite at New Year's Dash. You're going to see the Golden Elite turn on Kenny Omega. They beat down Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega is not leaving Japan and the rest of them are. All right, so we're going to throw Kenny Omega out of the Golden Elite. While Kenny Omega is laying there, out comes the Bullet Club. And the Bullet Club is coming to reclaim their lost leader. And they get in the ring and they kick the shit out of Kenny Omega and it is revealed that Kota Ibushi is the true leader of the Bullet Club. <laughs> Yo! Let me tell you something. If that, okay, if that happens, uh, look for a live uh, 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 PW Hustle with A-Track Black, with A-Track Black, A-Track Brown, <laughs> uh, sing the praises of Jargo, because if that, I, 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 yo, it's, <laughs> I don't even make a rap song, like, Jargo is the man. <laughs> if that was the, ha- yo, that, that goes down as, as the best surprise cliffhanger ever. Jaws will be dropped. The internet will break. And, like, everybody, everybody, you know, people, a lot of people will probably rejoice, you know, to see Kenny Omega go down. It, oh, my God. Thrown out of the Golden Elite, and then Ibushi turns on him and is revealed as the leader of the Bullet Club. How about that shit? That's what I'm talking about. Give me some New Year's Dash. I love this shit. A-Track Black, why don't you tell the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks how to find you across social media platforms? 
Uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at MadCreationist. You can find me on Instagram on at MichaelDavis612. I'm also lurking around the three groups on the Facebook, Facebook group, group, group page, Peter also, I'm a music discussion group, and the whole rising reflection. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel, PW Hustle Zone, where I'll be opening part six of the PW Hustle Hiring Media Flame Moments of 2018. Those videos are the best thing on the freaking internet. 8 Track Brown, how do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks find you? You can find me, Dick Dastardly, on Twitter at Farrow Fancy. You can find me on YouTube, the PW Hustle, PW Hustle 2. Uh, follow us, add yourselves to the, uh, invite yourselves, request an invite to the PW Hustle Facebook group where, you know, we be putting up all types of crazy shit. That's where you can find me. It's your boy, A-Track Brown. You know the deal. Coming at you with more reactions and more bullshit and Bobby Lashley is a bitch we would tell you how to find 8-Track Brown on Twitter but he's got so many accounts that we would be here for another hour <laughs> just just follow me Farrell Fancy that's it at Twitter Farrell Fancy that's the main one I don't like to leave a, I like to leave many digital footprints around 8-Track <laughs> Core representing thanks for joining me guys no problem brother yeah, no problem. So that's going to wrap things up for season two. Thanks for listening all of 2018, and please hit that subscribe button. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a list here I'm going to read off, and I know I'm going to miss some people, but here we go anyway. We would like to extend our very special thanks to Shane Taylor, Punishment Martinez, Kelly Klein, Josh Woods, Jonathan Gresham, TK O'Brien, Bobby Cruz, Todd Sinclair, Ian Riccoboni, Cole Cabana, Jay Lethal, Jason Calabrese, Denim Blevins, Jeff Cobb, Dalton Castle, David Arquette, Diamond Dallas Page, Dave Hancock, The Rascals, Sammy Callahan, Willie Mack, Amber O'Neill, Tomatonga, Cody Hawk, The Blue Meanie, Noel Foley, Tessa Blanchard, the Australian sensation Craven, Casey Lennox, Sean Hernandez, Johnny Knockout, The Gooch, Scorpio Sky, Mr. Eric Bischoff, Mr. Bill After, R.D. Reynolds, Derek Sharp, Conrad Thompson, Ross Foreman, Mark Kruskal, and Mr. Joe Koff. Very special thank yous to the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com and Mr. Ryan K. Bowman and Michael Melkor, Joe and Carl over at Turnbuckle Talk, Tommy and Levi at Heels and Quads, Mr. Jamie Greer at LastWordOnProWrestling.com And finally, we're forever in debt to a couple of guys who took a chance on this ho-ass podcast. Mr. Big Ray Hernandez and the Ayatollah himself, Mr. Ben Hameen. I think I got everybody. If we forgot you, Matthew Schaefer Gage. Shout out to you, the copy-paste guy. All the Huckleberries. A-Track Brown, A-Track Black, Billy Ray Valentine, Big Ray, Matthew Schaefer. All the guys in the locker room, Bellow, Strangler Steve, and of course, the main event, Big Stevie Cool. But most of all, thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next year for season three. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. Crunch your fingers. Label me. Don't give up. You're back on.
Oh, bad guy! 